Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A quote from the Brackage Lectures, courtesy of the estate of Stan Brackage. The search for an art, either in the making or the appreciation, is the most terrifying adventure imaginable. It is a search always into unexplored regions and it threats the soul with terrible death at every turn. And it exhausts the mind utterly and it leaves the body moving, moving endlessly through increasingly unfamiliar terrain. There is no hope of return from the territory discovered by this adventuring. There is no hope of rescue from the impasse where such a search may leave one stranded. It is not without cause that parents shudder when a child of theirs expresses the wish to become an artist. Welcome to our show, Lick the Process. Lick as in the Hindi word for right. I'm your host, Joshua Thomas. In the time that I have worked in events, I've been lucky to have met a wide range of performers. All of them have proved to be very inspiring people who've pushed hard to pursue their disciplines, whether it be poetry, comedy, storytelling, writing plays, or writing lyrics. In this show, I'll be interviewing those very people. In giving you a window into their career, their process and their lives, I hope that some of you, our dear listeners, might be inspired to take up the challenge as well. In today's episode, I will be interviewing the poet and entrepreneur Simmer Singh. Here is an excerpt from his poem, Blackboards. It is tough to be a 17 year old with dreams and goals because blackboards have written down for me rules I must follow after 12 years of school. I hate blackboards. I hate blackboards to the point I may set them to fire as if they were exam papers that went too bad, as if it were my heart beating in a body no longer alive. It is tough to be a 17 year old who has written poems and exam papers that were the least poetic. 
who's been asked to focus on his academics who's been sent to counselors but for his career and not for his relationships i no longer feel like going to school black boards make fun of me they call me all sorts of names they tell me that my grades aren't good enough that i'm wearing the wrong socks today that my future my future will be determined by a set of numbers they give me that my report card means more than my art that i'm living in a bubble don't they look at the irony when entrepreneurship is the only subject in school that i have been failing in since 2 years but how do i tell them that this body is the bubble if you touch it too hard it may burst and scream it is tough to be a 17 year old apart from being a poet simmer is the founder of unerase poetry a company that organizes poetry events throughout the city as well as manages a collective of poets doing events at college fests literary festivals as well as putting out videos online of their featured poets today he'll be talking about how he got into poetry anirais poetry's humble beginnings and how anirais has transformed the poetry scene in mumbai the process uh, i know you're 18 years old you've just finished school but as an 18 year old you're quite a enterprising fellow you started your own poetry collective you've been doing it for i think uh, a year two years now so what got you into poetry because i know you tried stand up initially but it didn't work out so what sort of shifted you to poetry so yeah it was it was pretty tough it's tough to get an audience going once you're doing stand up and i remember the first open mic of stand up i ever did i'd called all my school friends to watch it just before me biswa had performed towards the end kanan and kenny were performing and that was like my first open mic and i didn't know what to do and i was so bad at it but anyways i did it for 6 months and uh, i actually got into poetry by accident because uh, as a comedian you're always fighting for spots because there are very less open mics and there are too many comedians and there's always less stage time and you want more time to perform and stuff so on facebook whenever we saw like a facebook event which said open mic we just asked for a spot over there So I ended up registering for an open mic. It was I think at Hive itself. Uh when I reached there, I don't know anyone over there. And this is 6 months after me into stand up. So I'm new people. And I was like who are these comedians and all that? And then I asked the organizer and he told me it's a poetry open mic. And I'm like what the hell is a poetry open mic? But so I understood I hadn't heard of this concept before. I I've, I've been a closet poet. I've been writing since I was 9 10 but it was always in diaries and I didn't know that people read out their poetry so I remember the first day I went there and I was just observing and I was taken aback by how like how people were able to talk about their personal lives so openly so I remember people talking about issues at home uh, issues with family issues with their boyfriend girlfriend spouses and just mental health and all that and in comedy if you see everything is sugar coated nobody's ever direct about their problems they'll always use a way to talk about it it also made me realize the main reason why stand up comedy started stand up comedy was because i wanted a platform to express myself because whatever i had been through a breakup and i was in this phase where i didn't want to talk to people so i thought the stage is a good idea to uh, let out yeah vent out everything but uh, 
and clearly comedy was not able to do that because i spoke about everything else apart from me but then i thought okay this is poetry let's take up a challenge let's do this and i mean it happened by coincidence but maybe there's a reason for it you know maybe there's something greater so let's put comedy on a pause then i thought i'll write my first spoken word piece because i did spoken word was a new thing everything that i wrote was like i live in a tree i want to be free like that <laughs> so that couldn't be performed so i'm like okay spoken word let's i understood what it is let me write something so that's why i wrote my first spoken word piece which is called papa it's the longest piece i've ever written and um, in a way it was very personal but i made it impersonal as well so i spoke about like some childhood days about me and a lot of things like very generic things and societal pressure parental pressure for studies and academics and doing good and all these things and that's when i realized ke how how major a role education plays in my life so i started writing more on those lines as well than my personal life and then i wrote some pieces in humor but yeah i think uh, by december 2016 i became a regular at open mic so i used to go to habitat every monday then probably hit some other open mics which are i mean habitat was the only regular open mic happening that well apart from that whatever used to happen we used to go two months after that i realized that this has so much potential but people don't know it yet here's an excerpt from simmer's live performance of his poem the legal rapist <clears throat> it's a saturday night and he's working late my husband has been really busy lately i hate that he gets just one leave a week but i love that he can always make up for it he says he loves me i'm not a housewife for nothing because most people don't know how tough it is to create the perfect household for your family It's not that I didn't have the option to work outside it's just that I chose not to because what my husband does and what I do are equally important we both are running companies it's just that he makes money out of it we both have employees under us it's just that he has managers and I have maids we both are trying to make two ends meet he by earning the money and me by planning the expenditure but this isn't about my career choices This is about my love my love my husband who after tiresome day of work comes back home to his wife he opens the bedroom door i'm lying on the bed with lots of pain in my head he starts unbuttoning his shirt taking off his tie i get up to help he holds me by my waist pulls me towards his body i say no i had cramps in my stomach i'm sorry for having my periods on a saturday night but it's okay I'm sure he'll understand because he says he loves me. So I whisper into his ear the state my body is in. He laughs it off and says, "I'll manage something out." The first piece of mine which went online was the legal rapist. So that's when I had started uh, studying and we were doing this in sociology mm. about marital rape like we were doing this discussion in class so we used to go through newspaper articles and uh, people's uh, experiences and talk about marital rape and i had figured only then what a big issue it was and how people don't recognize it so that's when i started writing like i was in a that was a one month process of me getting into that mode and writing about marital rape which i have not even experienced mm. so it which was pretty interesting for me and i remember that video was quite controversial yeah, also was, yeah i mean at least in the poetry circuit it was really controversial there were two sides and i was a 
when i was 16 and i had no idea what the fuck is appropriation <laughs> so i'm like what is wrong with people but on the bright side if you see all the media coverage and all the popular uh, coverage that piece got was all positive because mm-hmm. it was just people saw it it's a conversation starter because picked up by all scoop open all. it was picked up by every damn portal yeah. but the main thing wa- for me was it started the conversation that's all i wanted to do with the piece i mean these people uh, who don't even talk about uh, sexism at home and like the broader topics this is so ingrained marital rape or like the very act of violence in marriage it could be the from the man side or the woman side like nobody talks about it so it started that conversation i remember when the piece went out i had gotten this message so i got a lot of messages but this one message which i still remember from this girl somewhere from rajasthan and she said that i'm so glad you wrote this piece and you know whatever like it means a lot to me and all and i'm like thank you and then she's like uh, so i showed this piece to my entire family i made them sit down my so she she lives in a joint family my entire from the dada dadi to chacha chachi everyone sat down i showed it to everyone and it has become a huge deal in my house right now because uh, there's a lot of violence in all the marriages in my family and right now the women have actually understood it's wrong and they've started fighting back and the men have taken a step and it's wow. be- changed the entire dynamics of the house and i'm like i had when i was writing it i had no idea that's the impact it could have for me i was just a angst teenager who's so pissed about these men who don't you know treat their wives properly so i want to tell people about it i remember uh, i had this habit of going through the shares because a lot of time people wrote nice things in shares and i remember this one girl who shared it she wrote her entire story that how she had been through marital rape and she never told her entire family and after watching this video she got the courage to tell her mother about this and she was like i hope this changes things for me like i just remember it was it ended on this line ke maybe you know this will be the start of something new like that and that just like messed with me i'm like oh god like this is done something so i didn't really give two shits about what these people were saying who've not even been through it because i actually if i could impact even one life with that piece that was a success for me there was no audience for poetry as much for comedy so i was like there 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 needs to be an audience over here as well and these guys are as good as those guys it's just that people don't know about this so i looked up online i saw what's the scene with spoken word in india and i saw there was only commune and commune was mainly doing a lot of storytelling so i mean there was some spoken word as well but i thought to the level that it's happening here that has not been covered by anyone mm. so i thought okay let's start something and that's when anire started and we started producing stuff so it's really funny i i mean if i go back to think about it february last year i remember the first person i gave this idea was balraj who is the owner of habitat uh, it was called tuning folk then so so tuning folk is a venue in mumbai which is known for comedy music as well as poetry now so they used to have the weekly open mic and i told balraj ke balraj and sohil ke i have this idea i really want to do this and uh, women's day was coming up so he's like why don't you do a women's day special and i'm like why should i do a women's day special he said no it'll be a nice start and probably you know producing content on those lines and we already have a, someone else who had an idea on that so there was another poet she had an idea of doing a curated lineup night for this and she called a bunch of people for that so i said but i want to shoot it and these guys are not shooting and my entire point is putting it up online 
सो दे लाइक ठीक है यू डू इट पहले यू शूट इट एंड देन लेटर ऑन ऑन द नाइट इट बी दे शो सो बी वन शो बट इन टू different parts so i'm like cool that works for me but we hadn't thought of a name yet and i was struggling with that because i thought if i have to put out videos online there has to be a name right mm-hmm. and um, there was a lot of brainstorming a lot of calls with balraj with these people but i was never happy with whatever names were coming out and then i just thought let me go back to my old life and see how i was and i might get some inspiration so i went on to my facebook and i saw like my old posts and all of that and then i came across this page called anirais and i'm like whoa what was this and i opened it and i realized i had made this page when i was in 10th grade and i was like you know this typical really sad kid because i have to study for my boards and the girl i am in love with is not in love with me and all my friends have better social lives than me so i'm just like this very lonely sad kid emo kid and that's when terribly tiny tales was the new thing so if you go on to anirais poetry even now and scroll down to the images you will still find those micro tales that i used to write wow. yeah so they were like these two three liners and they were like stories but like short stories so you were 14 15 i was 14 turning 15 yeah and that's when i started writing anirais and then it became a huge hit in my school so like that was the first time i discovered the word viral because people started liking it people started sharing it and in the school circuit it became like a thing like okay have you read culture. yeah yeah the subculture like have you heard of anirais this and that and then people were like we want to send our writings and then there were so many messages i'm like okay i'll create a google docs mm. and it was like every day i'm getting 10 15 stories and then we had these regular writers who are sending stories every single day and we're publishing them and then it was just me and then and i never told anyone who who whose page is it i'm like dude have you heard of anirais it's so cool <laughs> and people were like yeah dude even you should write for them because if you see all the stories that i wrote i never wrote my name i just wrote anirais but if someone else sent the story i put their name as well so that's how the name came Yeah so so Anirais was basically my emo child like out of a breakup basically and when the poetry thing was starting I'm like this is a cool name I just need to add poetry to this I need to brand this a bit and we can we're good to go so that's where Anirais poetry became a thing and now it's like become a whole like it's a collective yeah I can't imagine any other name but Anirais like I'm so attached to that name but back then it was just like out of sheer desperation that it came into picture so the first show was just performance mm. recording online darling it let's see what happens mm. so everyone thinks brown girls right to gender was our first piece but actually it was a second piece okay. first piece was a piece by mohammad sadri wala called pyare baba okay. which is which was one of our favorites back then mm. so so we like this should be the first piece and all that and i remember that first show man i can never forget that day because i mean i we've performed uh, uh, in front of what 2000 3000 people mm. but that feeling on that day cannot be compared to any other how no matter how big i can i do a show because we had no expectations when we put out that event on facebook it was literally all of us just sitting together all the poets and we like theek hai yaar 30 40 log aa jayenge we'll have like some people we'll just record it we'll put it online it does not matter this that when we reach the venue when we are setting up we see people coming in half an hour before the show and we're like whoa why are people and it's a monday mm. and it's an office day we had no expectations man but mm. i'm like okay some people are coming in let's see what happens by the time we were about to start the show now tuning folk that time was a 60 55 to 60 seater cafe the ground floor the first floor one mm. we had 150 people on the door 
and there were people who had lined up on the street because there was no space in the the stairs the reception and then the street like there were those many people this is before everything okay, okay. nothing had gone online nobody knew what the hell is on it is so many people so and it was like it was a miracle dude like yeah. we didn't exp- because the people who were performing on that day i mean it sounds really weird uh-huh. they had they have been performing since like a year now mm-hmm. they perform everywhere they perform in front of 5 10 people also man they have never seen so many people come to watch their poetry mm-hmm. but this day the same people do like they expect theek hai bro my friend will come your friend will come 40 people done mm-hmm. 160 people we had to we accommodated around 120 people we had to send back a lot of people oh because God. there was no space in habitat like if you were there on that day the sound console is towards one side and sohail is very this about nobody entering it mm. he had five people standing with him on the sound console because people wanted to see the show so when i remember when i started that show and i was in this mood i had never been in before and then we call on the first poet and the second poet and by the time aranya came on stage people were like people were like crying people were like in the mood like i remember my mother was like in the second row and she's like just crying when aranya is performing and i'm just like i've heard this piece 10 times i've never felt so senti what is so good about this like it's a good piece right yeah. but i've heard 10 more pieces on these lines i'm like bro what is so cool about this piece why are people reacting so much to this like here's an excerpt from aranya johar's live performance of her poem a brown girl's guide to gender The first boy who held my hand told me boys don't want to hear about vaginas bleeding younger me could smell the misogyny vaginas only meant to be fucked breasts only meant to be sucked mouths only meant to blow it's true i know my waist meant to be compared to an hourglass my voice only meant to quiver uh, please fast yet I am silenced for all we boiled on to is sexual interaction not just me my mother sisters friends all quicken the pace pose at 13 in the evening my mom telling me to wear skirts out less often nirbhaya and more left forgotten we don't want to be another of india's daughters do we so i wear my jeans long and wear my tops high don't show my cleavage or a hint of my thighs don't want to be mistaken for wanting it because if i wear less i'm more than just flaunting it i'm risking it risking out my virginity but my life my hymen seems to be sacred or to keep it till i'm a wife if not i'm a whore a slut and skank and more not as pure as i was before i was confused between one piece and another piece i asked my mother which piece should i put and she's like you should have put aranya's piece and i'm like yeah i mean i can put that up but i'm not really a big fan of the piece and i think it's all right and and i i told aranya also like it's a very nice piece you've written but i think that can be put up later like it's not the best that we have mm-hmm. and my mom is like no you don't know what i felt when she was performing that and i really didn't know what people actually felt on because it was a lot of women that were yeah yeah well. right exactly so i couldn't really feel what they had felt mm-hmm. and my mom i just went with her gut she didn't really force me but i went with her gut and i thought okay this is if she is saying this there might be something and the sole reason why that piece went out was because my mother told me these two pieces because one to one of the piece were, was by a man so she said you already put a piece by a man it's women's day put a female piece the second piece was a piece by a female but she said it's okay Aranya's piece is something else. I felt it when she was performing it. Aranya meant every word that she said. And if you see the video, she actually means every word she's saying. So you can't really go on how good it's literary wise in terms of emotion, it's bang on. Cuz towards the end she gets like fully Yeah, into fully it. into it. Yeah. And I've realized it right now 
and i was so dumb back then and i, I thank god for having this mother cuz after that it just it blew just blew up, up. It was i mean it up by buzzfeed scoop poop it was just everybody i mean those are small it. things i think the bigger bigger picture was but when it was, was picked sh- up by uh, these german websites and it was they translated it then i remember i was getting call from all of these latino spanish websites they want to translate it they want to interview me i was like why do you want to interview me interview aranya and it was like a whole whole phenomenon yeah. which become the brown girls guide to gender and it was uh, translated in taiwanese chinese and like russian and like all these languages and if you go up online all these websites that have uploaded on facebook <clears throat> I think collectively the video has more than 200 million views. Wow. And I don't think any other spoken word piece has those many views. In the world. Like in the world, like not even Button I think has those many views because this this was hosted by so many different channels. Mm. And you'll see a random channel okay with just a million likes. I mean a million likes is a lot but it has 50 million views on Aranya's video. And like 55 million views and 30 million views on the video and it's like crazy. So that's where the entire phenomena started with with Aranya's Brown Girl, which I didn't want to upload. Here's an excerpt from Sudeep Pagedar's live performance of his poem, "The Privilege of a Penis." I was born rich, not with a silver spoon, but with something just as privileging: a penis. As I grew up, it grew too. just like my belief in the rituals institutions and practices of the holy status quo amen over time i learned to reason and think and enriched by the currency of normative gender i bought into the binary of blue versus pink in school i recall much to my shame being called misogynist once and responding with whore a word that presently i thoroughly deplore but back then everything started after brown girl because mm. after brown girl we realized okay now this is a thing it's mm. a responsibility we have to take this we i have to take this forward there's no other option and uh, the thing was what next so it was okay we have to keep doing shows and putting out content like this mm. so that people keep watching so sudeep's video came next because um, I remember we were at rehearsals. So how it worked with poets is I did a show with five poets. I really love their work. I put some of their work online. Awesome, good stuff. One more funny thing if you think I was confused between two pieces from the first show that I want to put out. I never ended up putting them online. <laughs> so probably they could have also been some big pieces but they never went up online. But that's what happened with most shows, right? Mm. You record 10 pieces, you put up just two of them. and back then i didn't know that back then i was like i'll put up every single piece i'm recording mm-hmm. right now i know that and even the point of getting a poet to reach your show is like a long process of curation because you go through their pieces you first go through the poets then you go through their pieces mm-hmm. then you see what is appropriate and then you put that up on stage and then from that you're choosing just 10% of content mm-hmm. that is going up online i mean right now with your code they are putting up everything that they shoot but if when when that really wasn't a thing if you saw poetry anirez or commune mm. there was really less content and that's what made it so exclusive like poetry was a, people waited for the video to come after brown girl people waited when is the next video going to come and then privileges of a penis mm. it just wasn't sync because that was sudeep's old piece mm. but we marketed it in a way that it's a response video mm. which in a way 
the poems do go together like that mm. so it's like okay a man responded to aranya we have to see what this is mm. and funnily enough he is on her side i mean people didn't expect that and mm. sudeep's piece was really like it broke so many stereotypes because he literally he accepted his mistakes he called himself a misogynist man mm. which man has the the guts to go up and say that i have been a misogynist i have been sexist and i'm sorry about it like it was a very bold piece mm. probably even more bold than what aranya said you know in a way because there is this guy accepting his mistakes like it was that that level crazy mm-hmm. uh it got some awesome coverage as well then we did um, we did uh, ishmeet's piece about suicide because uh we did the piece and i mean it's a very weird coincidence but just the day we planned to release it the day before this guy called aditya bhardwaj had jumped from taj hotel oh, yeah, and committed suicide yeah, yeah. with that facebook live mm. and we were in two minds if we should release the piece or not because it was a very sad thing but then we thought maybe it gives more strength to people out there so we should do it so we got some flack for that yeah, because they like you're trying to capitalize on someone else's uh, pain tragedy, yeah. but it was like we had planned it already it just happened it was like a such a weird coincidence uh then there was prachi's piece uh, which was called pride mm. which went viral later so when it was uploaded did okay mm. but like a few months later it was covered by popexo and these people and like some uk magazine and all that and she was featured in some lists and she was so how the poets came on board was just doing these shows and i wanted a new set of poets with every single show mm. and with that more poets started coming so by the third show which was which is till now one of my most memorable anire shows uh on 8th april in anti social we went full out that was a craziest lineup mm. and that was like the most fun audience and we were in the groove and that's where i had recorded legal rapist yeah that show so so that show was something else at least for me because I don't know man it was just like the lineup the audience the feel and like the, the, there was already some success that we had you know tasted so everyone was so much more excited that if this goes well then we're going to be on this page and, and like yaya's piece cycle went up from there jackie's piece millennial romance went up from there ankita's piece go back to your own country was of that show exactly. then we did the piece with nupur saraswat who's a singapore based poet and then legal rapist happened and then that's where i was like okay now this is a full collective mm-hmm. and then we like okay now we need to bring in agreements because we need to take you know these permissions from poets before uploading the videos yeah. i told my dad we have to register the company get it a proprietorship get a bank account because now we'll start get money getting in and i remember the first the the first two shows i hadn't paid anyone for anything mm. production was on the house sound was on the house editing i did on my own mm. poets were anyways didn't know about any money because we had no money mm. third show onwards was the first show where it was a commercial ticket where i was getting a 50 50 split so i told the production guys okay i'll pay you for per camera and the most basic amount even sound ke liye sohail was like just how much ever bachta hai give that to me and i'll process it okay. like that's not even one tenth of how he usually charges but everyone was in it so they did it and i remember that's the first day i had 700 rupees left from the show after paying everyone and i'm like this is my first earning from anirais i better put in the bank account first profit i had no idea this will ever generate money i had no idea how this could ever sustain and probably even till the end of may it was just like hay wire 
but i know me asian paints happened the first uh, brand endorsement we did and first time like proper money came in i paid everyone who was a part of that gig and then after that i think after that we got the first call for a first show and i had no idea that people pay for performances so i'm like we'll come for free just book our flights and hotel and get us taxis and i remember the first four shows were actually the first biggest fest we we performed at india's biggest college fest which is iit kanpur's antaragni mm. and there was vishal shekhar performing there there was we did iit roorkee where farhan akhtar was performing and mm. these guys were being paid like i can't like in huge huge amounts of money mm. and we did for free dude because we just wanted to go there like nobody had ever called poets to like in front of 500 people mm. and i remember that feel because ramnik was a part of that thing i was a part of it gorov was part of it we got standing ovations in front of 1200 people we had never seen 1200 people in front of us it was something else and that's where we like okay now we're going to start charging for shows and that's where you know the process what advice would you give anybody who's looking to break into the scene or has maybe just wants to be involved in poetry or maybe just wants to get into it really what what would advice would you give them so man i think this is the best time for a person to come into poetry because i remember when i came in there were no opportunities i had to create opportunities for myself and everyone else mm. it was like uh, like you're in a jungle and you're building up a path and that path is still building like we've not reached a destination yet mm. but at least the work has started so for someone who wants to come in right now you don't need to do that initial work that happened in the like of course even before me there were people who had already started working on the path and i think some people are doing good work with production somewhere it's become kind of nasty as well i think like some places there's poetry being produced which should not be produced because it's just detrimental for the scene in general but anyways it's a good time to come in my when only you say, when you say detrimental what would you do i mean i just think if there's too much content out there then the art form loses exclusivity i mean if every comedian starts putting out all their videos like you i know the process that comedians go yeah. through they write for one year i know like comedians who have shot their content four times same jokes because they have not been happy with the audience applause or the laughs or with just the way they said one joke and they shot it completely again over here is just like anyone in front of a camera recording making their own channel going viral and all that i mean that's okay but where is the effort like where is all that that we shaping the piece yeah where we used to do like one year ago so so all of that was happening and my only thing is to all the people who are coming in don't do that like don't be in the hurry like your my end goal was never to put up a piece online that was a by product like a medium to reach new people it was never ke bro i have to go viral on youtube and this has to be done like this and people have to watch us so i mean build up to that process. yeah i mean if you start writing for those people you will never write what makes you happy so i think just write what makes you happy keep performing at least for for few months not even a year few months see that that growth has happened and then put, see if you want to put out something online that's the whole thing but otherwise it's at least people in mumbai delhi bangalore pune it's very easy just search open mics in your city you will get the names you go for one open mic everybody knows everybody you can start talking to people you're already a part of the community you're already friends with you know the best poet in town and you don't even need to like they don't even need to know that you're a poet or not and that's how easy it is you 
are listening to poet and entrepreneur Simmer Singh on our podcast series Lick the Process. You can find links to full performances of all the poems featured in this episode in the description below. Tune in next week where we'll be featuring the poet and spoken word artist behind the Brown Girls Guide to Gender, Aranya Johar.